we get a lot of questions about heaven and hell and the Holy Spirit and some of the more unique things. But some of the questions we get are really very simple. Mm -hmm. You know, is heaven the same place throughout different religions? Are there different, you know, gods? Are they all the same one in the end or are they different amongst the different religions? What's the difference in the basic structure of how we serve God. There's all sorts of questions we get. So can you start by just kind of outlining the main difference in well, Christianity? Well, if I could just, uh, if I could just uh, respond to one thing you just said, are there different heavens? There is only one heaven. And it's God created. And the only people that are going to go to heaven are people who have accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Now that's what the Bible says. That's what I believe. Have I believed all my life? That's what I believe now. Uh, there is no other heaven other than the one heaven that the Bible speaks of, the one that the Apostle Paul talks about, uh, the one that the writers of the of the Word of God speak of, and only those who have received Christ as their personal Lord and Savior are going there when they die. This may seem like a silly question, and no one asked this. This just popped into my head. But if someone is of a, another religion that doesn't necessarily believe the same things as Christianity, but they have accepted Christ, they would go to heaven with us and God, well, would they not? It, Jordan, if, if they have been of another religion and they have accepted Christ, then they have become a Christian. I would, I would agree. I just, I, I think sometimes people think, well, I was raised this way, and they see certain well, religions more culturally I, than spiritually. Do you know what I mean Jordan, by that? I know many people who were raised in one religion, but during that, they saw the error of their way, and they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, and now they are Christians, and they have turned away from that old religion. So once they've accepted Christ, they have to turn away from the old ways. Well, you can't believe things that are not of the Bible and, and really be a Christian. Uh, the, you, you adhere to the Word of God and you cast out those things that are not of God. The, you, the major difference, Jordan, between Christianity and other religions is the fact that other religions do not accept the deity of Christ. Can you they, don't, they do not accept the, the fact that, that Jesus is God's only Son. Many religions teach that Jesus was a good man. Religions, other religions teach that Jesus was indeed a prophet. Which he was. But they do not accept him as the son of God. And that's what is the difference, the major difference. Uh, other religions, uh, some other religions believe that God was once a man. And that he had to, he had to literally uh, move forward to become God. How does to one become, become a being. God? But the Bible says that God is not a man. The Bible says that God is a spirit. He's not a flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. But some religions believe that God was once a man and he moved forward in his life and, and, and uh, was no longer a flesh and blood, but now is a spirit. But, but he, was, mm -hmm. he, he has been a spirit all along, ever since the beginning of whenever the beginning was. <laughs> well, he, he is the beginning. He is the end. He, he is, is the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, I, I, would, I would be interested to hear how one ascends from a human and, to become God. And Jordan, in some religions, different, different in some religions, you die for him. But in Christianity, he died for you. Yeah, I think that's the big difference. I see a lot of people who say, you know, religion is religion is the opiate of the masses, things like that. That 
I think they see it as just this set of rules that we follow because we're too stupid mm -hmm. to know better. And that's the exact opposite of what Christianity is. There are some religions who teach that you go to heaven because of your works. And nothing could be farther from the truth. The Bible says you are not saved by works. You're saved by God's grace through faith. So you're not going to be able to work your way to heaven. There are religions that believe that the work effort the work ethic is what gets you to heaven, and the more you work, the, the easier it is to go to heaven. Well, I believe in work. I was raised to work. The Bible says, if you don't work, you shall not eat. I believe in work, but works are not going to get you to heaven. I love Sunday school and church. I believe in Sunday school and church. The Apostle Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. We ought to be in church, but going to church is not going to take you to heaven. Going to Sunday school is not going to take you to heaven, although I believe in them both. Uh, Jordan, what, what gets a person to heaven is a personal relationship, not a religion, but a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And without that personal relationship, people who die go to hell. And hell is a place you don't want to go to. How does one have a personal relationship? You repent of your sins and believe that Jesus Christ is God's only Son. And you accept Him as your Lord and Savior. You say, devil, you no longer have a grip on my life. I bind you. I cast you out. I turn away from the past. I renounce the devil and all of his works. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And you begin to live according to the Bible. Now, that's what I did when I was 19 years old. That's what you did when you were a little girl. What about some people on the other side of the spectrum that say that scripture says we're saved by grace, so we're all going to heaven? No, no, you have to repent. Jesus said, you must be born again. Born again, not born out of your mother's body, because you can't be born a second time in that sense, but born again of the Spirit. Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is of the Spirit is of the Spirit. When I gave my heart to Christ, I was born again. A new life began in me. I repented of my sins. I asked God to forgive me for all that I had done in my life that was wrong. And the Bible says, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And then I live a godly life. Now, that's not to say that I don't make mistakes. I don't fall short. I don't have to get up and pick myself up and dust myself off and say, God, I, I messed it up there. But thank God he's the God of a second chance. But a sinner, a person who is without God, has made a choice to live without God. And if they take that all the way through the rest of their life and die like that, they're going to go to hell. Hell is a place and hell was not made for people. I know there are a lot of people that are in hell today, but that was not God's plan. It's not God's plan. And God is not going to save you at the very last second just because it's his will that you be saved. You have to make an act of your faith by repenting of your sins and believing on Jesus and receiving him as Lord and Savior. You're not saved because of religion. You're not saved because of the good works. And we all ought to do good works. Of course. You know. I, I hear people say this a lot, and I try to explain it in a way that hopefully makes sense to them, but I'd like to hear your version of it. What would you say to someone who either doesn't believe God exists or doesn't want anything to do with them because they say, how can God let so many bad things happen to good people? Good people well, is kind of a broad term, but nevertheless, it's the one that's used. There was an angel by the name of Lucifer. Lucifer was an archangel. 
He was music. He was the, the leader of the band, we might say, in, in heaven. His, he was constructed in such a way that music flowed from him. His body was made up like a series of pipes, we might say, and, and he was music. And he rebelled against God along with one-third of the angels. He tried to ascend above God, and God kicked him and one-third of the angels out of heaven, kicked them to this earth. Now, Satan, Lucifer, Lucifer now Satan is in control of one-third of those angels that fell. They are disembodied spirits. They're no longer heavenly beings. They are demon spirits, and they are on this earth. The same demons that came against Jesus, the same demons that came against the disciples, are the same demons that come against you and me today. They're the same demons that come to try to steal and kill and destroy. One thing that really irritates me, Jordan, is when people call bad things an act of God. These things are not acts of God, they're acts of the devil. The devil wants to destroy this earth. The devil wants to destroy our water supply. He wants to destroy our health. He wants to, to destroy buildings. He, want, he wants to, to cause earthquakes and he wants to cause uh, all kinds of things to happen. We've been seeing more earthquakes lately than ever. But Jesus said there'll be things like that in preparation for the end of coming. Now, it's not that God's doing them, but Satan is the perpetrator of those things in life. And it's amazing to me, people who say there's no God, when something happens to them, the first thing they say is, oh my God. <laughs> just, well, just amazing to me, oh my God, yet they say there is no, there is no God. I think there are some that believe that God exists. They just don't want anything to do with Him or understand well, Him because, well, if all this is happening, why does He not intervene? Because there... The devil was defeated at Calvary when Jesus went to the cross, but he has not yet been destroyed. Now there's a day coming when the rapture of the church will take place and Jesus will descend in the clouds. The Apostle Paul tells us that in his letter to, to, to Thessalonians. He will descend in the clouds with the trump of God and with a shout saying, come up here. And the dead in Christ, those who have died in the faith, will rise first and those of us who remain alive will be caught up meet the Lord in the air. Following that, the Antichrist will rise. And he will be in charge for a period of seven years. Be known as the Great Tribulation. And the last three and a half years will be especially tough when Satan himself enters him. But Jesus will come back and fight against him and, and defeat him in the battle of Armageddon. And an angel from heaven will come down with a, with a big chain and will chain the devil and throw him into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And he'll take the Antichrist and the false prophet that the Bible speaks of and cast them into the lake of fire. And every Christian will come back to this earth to rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years. Now friend, that's good news. That is good news. That's why you want to receive Christ. You don't want to die without him in your life because when you die without him, you go to hell and you don't get a get out of jail free card. I've heard you or someone say before that certain people believe that you can be baptized after you've died there, and go to there, heaven. There are religions who believe that the dead can be baptized. Is there any well, no, biblical no, truth no, to that? No, because the Bible says the moment you die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for a Christian. Well now, if that's true, and you're a Christian, 
And the same thing is also true. If you're not a Christian, the moment you're absent from the body, you are instantaneously transported to hell, from which there is no return. It's not the kind of place I'd ever want to be, that's for sure. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I don't know when. Uh, my father, Oral Roberts, taught me that you live your life like Jesus' second coming is tonight, but you work like he's not coming for a thousand years. And that's what I'm doing. I'm prepared for the coming of the Lord, but I'm working, I'm ministering like he's not coming for a thousand years. What's the difference that you would say that's most obvious to you, even just in your own life, where you have a relationship with God and you're not just religious about something? A lot of people use the well, term, oh, you're a religious person. I, I don't have a religious, I don't, I don't like I don't have a religious bone in my body. I'm not caught up on things like that. I'm not a judgmental, harsh, uh, toe the line type of person. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ and I have a good time in my life. And I think that's, he wants us. I, I, I don't predict, I, I don't look at Jesus and, and picture him as being a stern, harsh judge. I see him as a, as a, as a Lord of mercy, of salvation, of healing, of deliverance. And, and when I blow it, which I do from time to time, I pick myself up and say, God, I'm sorry. I repent. I, I messed it up here. I'm, I'm sorry. And as I said earlier, 1 John 1, 9 says, if I confess those sins unto him, he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me. And I get a fresh start. Just and I, I've had to have a lot of fresh starts in my life. Because I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. I, I'm, we're human. I'm, we I'm, a human, I'm a human. Everybody makes mistakes. But you don't usually get up in the morning and say, hot dog Jesus, I'm going to make a mistake. You know, you usually find out it was a mistake afterwards. And you say, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, I, if I hurt you, Jordan, it's, it's not because I'm trying to hurt you, but I inadvertently hurt you. Then at that point, I've got to come to you and say, I'm sorry, Jordan. I, I, I did something that hurt you, it offended you, and I apologize. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You know, and the same is true with God. If you were to look at this from a different perspective than your life right now, but you were to say, okay, well, what if I can't I just do what I want and then get saved right before I die? And Do you really want to take that chance? But let's assume you might, you might hit a telephone pole tomorrow. You don't know. But for the sake of argument only, uh, let's assume that you could. What would be the benefit? Let's, let's put heaven and hell aside for a second. What's the benefit or the reason you would want to be a Christian while you're alive on this earth? <clears throat> I have my own answer, but I'm because, curious to hear yours. Because of the joy, because of the peace, because of the ability to use your faith and have the miraculous operate in your life because of a loving relationship. And everybody has a God-shaped vacuum in them. There's, there's a spot in your life that only God can fill. And that peace and that contentment and that joy and that touch of Him on your life is so precious. It makes the difference. Look, I remember the, the years, the first 19 years of my life without God has no comparison to having God in my life. I think that's the short version is that without him doesn't compare to life with him. At least for me personally, I would agree with all those reasons, and, of course. And it's not set up with a, with, a, with, a, with, a rule, with a rule book. The Bible's not a rule book. It's a way of life. And by the way, there, Jordan, there are some religions who put other books above the Bible. Well, yeah, I'd say that's a big no-no. And, and, uh, and, and, and you can't do that. The book, the Bible is the inherent Word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And some people have trouble with Trinity, the Trinity. They think, well, we're serving three gods. No, we're not serving three gods. We're serving one God. The Bible says, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. But God, who is a spirit, 
we worship Him in spirit and truth, expresses Himself in three forms. He expresses Himself as the Father who created everything, from whom all good flows, as the Son, His only begotten Son, who was crucified, dead, and buried, and the third day rose again so that we might have life everlasting and eternal. And third, He expresses Himself as the Holy Spirit, the divine paraclete, the one called alongside to help us. But He's not three gods. He's one God, but He expresses Himself three ways. And the best way I know to explain that is you take water and you freeze it and it's solid. You boil it and it's a gas or a vapor. You drink it, it's a liquid, but it's still water. It's all the same. It's all water. It's all the same. Same, it's all God. All, all of the doings and beings of the Trinity are all God. The short version for me of the reason that forgetting heaven and hell for a second, just why would I want to serve him and focus on him while I'm in the earth? Well, I agree with all your reasons. The short version for me is simply that my life is so much better with yeah. him in it. And don't you want to be better? Uh, why wouldn't I want to have a better life? Why wouldn't I want to have a better job, a better relationship? Better health. Better health. Better miracle living. Better everything. And with God in your life, everything is better. Does that mean that you will not face hardships or that bad things won't happen to you? No, it doesn't. Because as we mentioned earlier, the devil is roaming about this earth seeking whom he may devour. And he's looking to devour anyone serving God. And if that's you, you fall into the category just like we do. But nevertheless, even with that, with God in your life, it is infinitely better than anything you could possibly have or do without Him in it. One more thing, Jordan. There are a lot of Christians make the mistake of thinking that because hardness comes, that they're out of the will of God. Well, Jesus said to His disciples one day, let us cross over the lake and go to the other side. The disciples got in the boat with him and they started going across the lake and a storm hit. Well, listen, the storm hit right in the middle of God's will. Jesus had said to them, let us go over to the other side and he got in the boat with them. The storm hit storm right in the stopped. middle of God's son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Jesus handled the storm. He calmed the winds and the waves. Just because a storm comes against you doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. Sometimes it's because you're right in the middle of the will of God. You see, the devil knew why Jesus and his disciples were going to the other side of the lake. There was a demoniac, the demoniac of Gadara, who was on the other side. He was running around naked in the tombs, scaring the people of the town half out of their minds. And the devil knew that. The devil did not, and his demons did not want to leave that man, but Jesus was going over there to deliver him. And the devil tried to kill them on the water. And the disciples got so afraid, in fact, they awakened Jesus, who was asleep, that's how he handles storms. <laughs> and said to him, Master, don't you care? We're about to drown. Jesus awakened, waved his hand, said, Peace be still. And the waters were calmed. He looked at the disciples and said, Now, where was your faith? You could have done that. You see, we, we, we get all flustered and flipped out and we get afraid. We don't take authority that we have. We have the authority to use the name of Jesus. But just because a storm comes doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. Now, I realize that you could have done something on your own which caused a problem, but that's not what I'm talking about. That's a different, that's a completely different yeah. thing. But they were right in the middle of the will of God and a storm hit. And you could avoid the storm potentially by not having anything to do with God, but the alternative is far worse. Or when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, if they had said to him, no, Jesus, I think I'll take a pass. I'll yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just avoid this whole yeah, thing just and avoid it, you know? stay over here and be yeah. neutral. But I'd rather be obedient. I've faced many storms in my life. 
David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David went through lots of storms, but he always came out victorious. And I have come out of, out of every storm that I've been through, I've come through victoriously. Now that doesn't mean I don't have some cuts and bruises, and that doesn't mean I don't have some wounds, and that doesn't mean I've been hurt, because I've been hurt lots in my life. But I've always bounced back, because I have God in my life. And He's my peace, He's my strength, He's the source of my total being. And as much as I love you, there's nothing special about you. God's no. not doing this because well, oh, I, well, you're, I say that all the time. Earl Roberts' son, so you get something extra. That's not that's not how God works at all. Well, don't you think I'm just a you, little special? Well, maybe a little. <laughs> I'll concede a half a point for that one, just a little, just tiny, tiny, tiny. But He loves you after just all, as you, much as this guy after over all, here. You are my daughter. Oh well, you know. He gave His life for you, and in Christianity, you don't die for Him; He died for you. He loves you so much that he would give his only son to die for you. He didn't have two sons, he had one. He had one. And he gave him so that you and I might have abundant, everlasting, and eternal life. Now, maybe you've never received Christ in your life. You've never accepted him as your Savior. Well, why don't you just pray a prayer with me right now because your life can change in just a moment if you just will pray this prayer out loud after me. If you'd like to repent of your sins and be born again like I was talking about, if you'd like to receive Christ as your Savior, then why don't you just pray this prayer. This is the kind of prayer that I prayed when I was 19, the kind of prayer you prayed when you were a little girl. Just pray that with me. Pray this with me right now. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I don't have you in my life, God but I want you. And so right now, I repent of every sin. I'm truly sorry. Forgive me, O oh God, and save me. I believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son. And I receive Jesus into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Save and heal me. Deliver me. And set me free. I give you my word. I will serve you. Every day. I'll put the past in the past. And I'll start fresh and clean with you. I'll get my Bible. I'll read it. I'll meditate on it. I'll study it and I'll learn to be a Christian, and I'll serve you. Now, you say, well, Richard, is it that simple? Yes, if you're sincere, if you believe it. When I prayed that prayer when I was 19, my whole life changed in a fraction of a second. I've never been the same since. Get a Bible if you don't have one. Study it, and start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start with the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you'll see Jesus. You'll see the wonderful works of Jesus. Then after you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts, the first five books of the New Testament, then go back and start in Genesis and see how God set up everything and read through, through the historical books and then also the books of the prophets. Here Isaiah saying he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, speaking thousands of years before Jesus, prophesying his coming saying he'd be born in Bethlehem. You see how God did everything. And then after that, go to the letters of the Apostle Paul. Start with, with uh, Romans and First and Second Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and on, on so on down. And then you'll come all the way to the book of Revelation and you'll see how this great masterpiece is going to wind up. 
That's how, that's how I read the Bible. That's how I would advise you. Get a Bible. The same way you need food daily in your body, you need the Spirit of God and the Word of God in your body daily. That's what you do. And your life will never be the same again. I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt that with God in your life, it will be infinitely greater than anything you could have or do without Him in your life. I promise you, you want God in your life. It's not a have to have him. Oh, well, I have to have him. It's a want to have him. And once you have him, you know the real peace, joy, mercy, understanding, direction, guidance, everything that he comes with. Once you know that, you'll never want to be without it again. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you just prayed that salvation prayer with Richard, let us know. We would like to send you a free copy of Richard's booklet, How to Live Your New Life. Just go to oralroberts.com prayer and let us know in the prayer request box that you just prayed that prayer with Richard and type in the code NEWLIFE12, that's N-E-W-L-I-F-E-1-2, to receive your free booklet. Or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777 to request your free booklet and pray with a prayer partner.